You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I've got champagne here, courtesy of my guest, Alessandra. Thank you for joining. Oh, thank you for having me. I don't even know how to introduce you because you do so much, you know, like lifestyle, travel expert, actress, native New Yorker. How would you define yourself primarily as an actress, or is it like why even bother defining? Why even bother defining? I mean... Life is such a transition, and I think mm-hmm. in different, you know, day-to-day and different life experiences, you just change kind of everything. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It's like, it's hard to identify yourself by your job or your profession. It's actually, That's actually a New York characteristic, yes. isn't it? Yes, yeah. To introduce yourself by, like, what you do. Yeah. In England, they really, it's something that they say, oh, we would never do that. That's true. That is true. Okay. Well, you're just a a beautiful person in the world, so that's why you're here. thank you. Let's talk about surviving Fashion Week. It's actually, like, Fashion Month. It's, like, a full... Yeah. It's, it's like, a... It's now London and, like, Paris and Milan, although I'm... You're done. You've checked out. Well... Yeah, I might do a little bit in in London, but I think Paris and Milan. Yeah. I, it's also pilot season. Oh, right. So yeah, there's so much going on. <laughs> I mean, you in the past week have been dressed in Chanel. You were hanging out with Olivia Palermo. You were at dinner with Diane von Furstenberg. Do you ever like pinch yourself and say, "Is this really happening? Is this my life, or is it just like work, like from one event to the next?" I think it's the people, really, that make it special. You mm-hmm. know, that's what makes me pinch myself. Mm-hmm. Being around Diane von Furstenberg and having her give me such uh, important life lessons, I think. And um, Olivia, who is just, I mean, a powerhouse. Speaking yes. of, like, New York powerhouses. Yeah. I think that it's a complete inspiration, and in that regard, I pinch myself every day, but I also admire and aspire to be someone like that as well. Right. But Diane's whole, I mean, I'm not sure if you saw the kind of little mini-interview. Tell tell everyone the lessons that she was giving. Well, women are strong. Absolutely. And can do anything. And 
don't let anybody put you down. Mm-hmm. And man or woman, doesn't matter. You are an individual who is strong, who is beautiful, who is capable mm-hmm. of everything. And I, I wish that I had the knowledge and the capability to express it and v- vocalize exactly how poignant her words were. Yeah. She's, she's kind of amazing, isn't she? She's, she's really gone far beyond just a fashion designer into like a real activist and advocate for women everywhere. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, exactly what she wants to do right now. I think this thing about women being strong is such an important thing to think about now, especially with Trump's presidency. I think a lot of people have gone between feeling really down and defeated about it. And I kind of made this like resolution to myself. Like I'm not, I remember the first, the first, the first week, the first like seven or eight days were like really painful, right? Like every time you turned on the news, it was like, oh my, it, it was like, you know, the stages of grief, like it's disbelief. The and 12. <laughs> right, right. You're just, you're just like, is this really happening? Is, is this the world we live in? But I actually made a decision that I wasn't going to allow this man to steal my joy. Like I wasn't going to, like I'm stronger than this and we can overcome this. And although I'm going to stay aware and on mm-hmm. top of what's happening, I'm not going to not go and have fun with my friends and I'm not going to stop expressing my joy because he shouldn't like he doesn't get to have that you know what if I just said right now that I had voted for Trump (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for coming on the Naked (laughs) Beauty podcast it's been really interesting talking to you bye bye no you know what bye Felicia bye (laughs) I would actually love talking to a Trump voter yeah I'm being serious because I would love to that wasn't me. Yeah, that's <laughs> not me. Yeah, thank God. Thank God. I don't know anyone. At least I don't know anyone who has admitted to admitted. it. Admitted. It's funny. It's funny that I. A lot of people are quite secretive about that, mm-hmm. and you don't know what happened in the voting booth. And obviously, I mean, he won. He's president. Right. Oh God. And I actually remember when I found out. I was on a plane um, to London from New York. And all the votes were being casted, and I did an absentee ballot, so I voted early. And I was speaking with an Australian right before we took off, and he was sitting next to me. And we landed, and clearly he had his phone out before I did, and he just gave me a hug. (laughs) Like, I'm so sorry. And I almost started crying. It It was a really weird moment. And I think, um, firstly, transition in general, no matter if it's a president or in your own life. Um, it can be difficult. It's, well, yeah. it's scary. It's, yeah. it's the fear of the unknown. Yeah. And I think it's really powerful of you mm-hmm. to say, I'm not going to be scared of that. I'm going to take re- right. responsibility right. of my own life right. and determine what I want to accomplish and what I want to do. Right. And so the funny thing about fashion week and kind of, so this is actually my first year working outside of the fashion industry. So I've been kind of, we actually had the V files runway show at Viacom at my office. So I got to see snippets of it and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember this. The girls running around with the headsets, all of the stress, all of the drama. Do you ever feel like the stress especially around fashion week is almost like overstated. It's like, we don't work at the UN, but everyone is like, oh my God, it's fashion week. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like this over, it's like over the top. 
I do know what you mean, but it's it's funny you say that because, you know, while I was going to a show, my mother was actually going to to the U.S. <laughs> so well, I think there is a very strong balance, at least in my household, um, about what is reality and what is fictitious and, and like what just, is there yeah. for the cameras and what is there when you get home and right. and all of that's gone. Right. Well, your mom is a perfect example of someone who's uh-huh. gone from fashion into uh-huh. like true activism, right? Yeah. She said she was going to retire. And the next day, she <laughs> had already started in her anti-human trafficking organization. Yes. Um, actually, a different one. And then she started her own. But um, For All is her Freedom organization. Freedom For All. Yes. And I've been to one of the Freedom For All events. And she was you know, giving this very impassioned speech to everyone in the boom boom room about how we need to like wake up and realize human trafficking is happening everywhere. Yeah. It's pretty... You know, I was about to say remarkable, but remarkable has such a positive connotation. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that's the right word. And and for listeners, just to give context, your mother before was the like head of Ford Modeling CEO, Agency. CEO, yeah. CEO of Ford. And my grandmother and my grandfather, Eileen and Jerry Ford, started Ford Modeling Agency, yeah. So... Growing up, like, did you see lots of, like, like, did you feel like you kind of grew up around the fashion (coughs) world or industry, or was it kind of just separate to you and it was kind of your mom's work and... No, I, uh, it definitely was not separate. Mm -hmm. Something that my grandmother always did and why she started the agency was because she wanted to take care of the girls, the young girls Mm. that weren't being taken care of and that world. Mm -hmm. And so she would have them live in her house and she made them eat broccoli and she had a curfew and she yelled at them. And you can ask absolutely any model that lived with my grandmother. And there are tons and tons and tons. She was a badass bitch and a strict (laughs) bitch. I love that. I love that. But my mother was a lot more lenient and we also had models living with us fewer. But I, I think that kind of, in a way, shaped and determined, um, you know, my own view of what beauty is. Yeah. Because I was never the tallest, the skinniest, or the prettiest girl in the room. And so it very much defined who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Being sur- I'm just trying to imagine being young, at a very young and impressionable age, being surrounded by tall incredibly skinny models all the time. Did it ever make you kind of question your relationship to your body and self-image? No, I would say that... Because you were just like, that's not me. I mean, listen, I think I was a pretty precocious young girl to begin with. But I think 12-year-old girls in middle school are far scarier than... (laughs) That's true. I mean, that's what probably gave there in middle school is probably where my biggest, uh, you know, insecurities came from going through puberty and being the first one to have boobs. And were you the first, I mean, amongst the first, yes, definitely amongst the first, I maybe even the first. And I remember hiding my bra, like, and some girl at gym class said, oh, you're wearing a bra. And I was like, no, I'm wearing a tank top (laughs) underneath my shirt. So in regards to growing up, I mean, 
with models and, and people that are taller and prettier and you know that you're never going to be that one person in that room that is the skinniest, the tallest, the prettiest. Um, it's interesting. I read a quote from Audrey Hepburn the other day, and she said, happiest girls are the prettiest girls. Oh, I love that. And I truly believe that. Yes. That may need to be the episode of this show. Yes. I really believe Mm -hmm. it does come from the inside out. And that is why I admire people like Diane von Furstenberg. Yeah. I mean, after her shows, she goes down the runway. Yeah. And she's dancing to the music. And it is so unlike any other designer out there. She, well... Not even miserable. I mean, their show ended. But the real point is, is that she's enjoying every moment of life and really soaking it in. And Audrey Hepburn also said, I love people who make me laugh. I honestly think it's a thing I like most to laugh. It cures a, a multiple of illnesses and it's probably the most important thing in a person. I agree. And I agree. I, I wish I knew how to breathe better, you know, and, and get oxygen into mm-hmm. my stomach. And, but I definitely know how to laugh. <laughs> yes. And, um, and God, yeah, I, those are the people I admire the most. And I think Audrey Hepburn kind of had it spot on. Yes. That those are the people that you're drawn to in a mm-hmm. room. Totally. Totally. You, you are drawn to that person yes. that is smiling, that is laughing, that yes. is happy. Yes, absolutely. And and I have always loved Audrey Hepburn, despite her being the cliche in every college girl's dorm. Like they have a picture of her at breakfast at Tiffany's. What was that the cliche in your college? I feel like I've just seen all these really bad like pop art rendered. Like you know, everyone's like Audrey Hepburn's my style icon, so it becomes like this cliche. But I've always we clearly. Went to, went to yeah, different okay, schools okay. very much. <laughs> so, because well, I have never seen that. Oh, really? No. I feel like she's, she's, um, if you don't know that much, I guess, about fashion. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. And a lot of people say that she is their favorite like style icon. Or, and Jackie Kennedy. Yeah, even that's like a little sophisticated. Most people just like end at, at end at Audrey. But really, 
I, yeah, but I think that I think that Audrey Hepburn, the reason why I've always thought she was beautiful is because she has a beautiful spirit as well. She's not she doesn't just look good. She is good inside and that that shows and I feel like that's what makes her so attractive to me. Well, what's really interesting is that uh, so when I asked Diane von Furstenberg the other day and I put it on my Instagram um, what her advice was for a woman I realized Audrey Hepburn said something similar and she said I believe in I believe in being strong when everything seems to be going wrong. I believe that happy girls are the prettiest girls. I believe that tomorrow is another day and I believe in miracles. Oh, and <laughs> I know it's quite sweet and I don't think that having a level of innocence or or hope for the future or dreams makes you naive in any right. way. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you look at all of these strong individuals, which include my grandmother and my mother, it's people who are determined, have a goal, and, and you know, power through it. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And laugh through it. They laugh at their mistakes. Everyone fails. It's about how you get up. I I couldn't agree more. And what I admire about you is actually the fact that you were able to interview your grandmother and your mother and learn learn a lot about beauty in their times. Yes. Because it's changed so much, you know. Over over time, like I don't know. Have you ever looked back at like pictures of your mom when she was your age? I look back at pictures of my grandmother when she was my age, and she was probably like perfect, right? Like perfectly quaffed and crushed and powdered. I I will say this: she passed away with her nails done, (laughs) phenomenally. That's amazing. (laughs) In the hospital. That's amazing. (laughs) Yes, a different era. A different era. Yeah. It is. I I mean, but you see it again. I think everything in life, everything in art, design, culture is is somewhat circular. True, true. It it always comes back into fashion at some point. So I told you I started making my own vitamin C powder and rose water. And we spoke about your egg white mask, and it's just a little bit too much for me. (laughs) But um, so that... What would you say are your three favorite easy at home to do things? To do things. Um, uh, I obviously would say in beauty. Yes. I would say buy coconut oil and yes. use it for everything when you get out of the shower. Oh, use I, it. I use it as makeup remover. Right, yeah. Great. I think that's like an amazing place to start. Buy coconut oil and find three ways to replace commercial products and start using that. You can use it for shaving your legs. Like, you can use it to replace shaving cream. You can use it to replace hair conditioner. You can leave it in your hair for 15 minutes and, you know, overnight. Overnight. Perfect. And then rinse it out. And then you can use it to moisturize your skin after the shower. So I'd say that's, like, a really good, easy place to start. You don't have a dog. No. I know. Because let me tell you. What? When I put coconut oh, oil looks... as a moisturizer, he licks me nonstop, and I could kill him. That's really annoying. I it never is, thought about that. It goes on for hours. So my coconut oil <laughs> moisturizing regime is very much when my dog is not at home. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. That's really funny. That's really funny. Okay. Next one. You have three to do. 
Oh, three? Well, I'm yeah. saying coco- three uses for coconut oil. Oh, okay. Use it for shaving that's cream, fair use enough. it for conditioner, use it for body lotion. I mean, I could go, you know. No, that's I could talk about enough. this stuff for hours. No one, no. I'm, I'm, I'm here to listening. talk to you. Okay. You travel nonstop. You're, like, always on a plane. You're always in a different country. Like, it's, it really doesn't ever stop. Mm. How do you keep it all balanced while you're traveling so much? What do you mean by all? Meaning, usually when I travel, um, my workout regimen falls off completely because uh-huh. I'm in my head. I'm like, oh, I'll wake up and go to the hotel gym. Maybe I'll do that like the first day, but then that doesn't really happen. My because my sleep schedule is all off. I don't. I'm not getting the right amount of rest. I'm taking sleeping pills, which I don't like to take because I think it makes you really like dependent on that to fall asleep. My diet is way off because I'm out, I'm celebrating, I'm having, everything is off. Mm -hmm. So how do you kind of maintain your, some semblance of balance while you're traveling from London back to New York? You know, how do you keep it all together? Well, I will say one thing you should do is absolutely, you know, keep your workout routine I do have to admit, though, that I have not been to a gym for a year and a half because I've been quite sick and a little bit in and out of hospitals. But um, so I'm what I think you and and Gillian spoke about uh, skinny fat. (laughs) But (laughs) but you look I mean, no, no, no. But no, it's not about that. What really that's never what it's about. Mm-hmm. What it's about is feeling your strongest and feeling your best. And of course, the first couple of days going anywhere, and I speak mm-hmm. for other people, not for myself, because I can't remember in the past three years where I had been somewhere for five days. Oh, wow. So my time clock is just crazy. I just don't think I even have one anymore. <laughs> right. But. Okay, so what they say, and I've read articles from flight attendants, from scientists to, I mean, everything. There are several ways to do it, and they found out that with athletes, Mm -hmm. baseball players specifically in this article that I read, but um, that they should start acclimating themselves three days before their travel. So Ah. a day per Hour. Hour of time difference. Okay. So you would, for example. Interesting. If going to Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. three days from New York, three days before, stay up an hour later. I see. Okay. To start. So that when you get there, you're more acclimated. The other thing, I mean, listen, I don't. I don't do that. (laughs) Do as I say, not as I do. It will do as I read. (laughs) Exactly. I'm not even sure. You know, I say that, but the other thing is wake up, get up, schedule a meeting in the morning. Right. Do something, force yourself. Yeah. To have an event or, or see someone go outside, do something in the morning, yeah. the very next morning after the plane ride, so that you do right. get acclimated. That is, that is actually a very good tip. 
Because sometimes it's very tempting, especially if I just took the red eye from London for a weekend in London, which was like a horrible idea in retrospect. Oh, I do it all the time. I, I've gone from London to LA for a day. I admire <laughs> your strength because the moment don't. we land, I think it was like, I don't know, 9 a.m. after I've landed. And it's a short flight from New York to London. It's short. Yeah, it's uh, too but it's short. Weird. They it's s- actually They too serve short. like three meals and you're like, okay, I've only been on this plane for five hours. You've served me dinner. Three hours later, you can't serve breakfast. That's not how it works. Anyway, so I land and it's 9 a.m. and all I want to do is just like lie down. But you can't, right? Because then you, you nap half the day and then you're all off. So you just have to like I mean, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know how to nap. <laughs> I don't either. I've, I can lie down and like relax, but I, I can't actually sleep if it's not time to go to bed. Yeah, I, I have an issue with sleep in general, but it's, um, I've dated enough South Americans that, uh, you would think I know siestas like the back oh of my, my hand, but I don't. <laughs> but, and if it's an overnight flight, try, try to sleep on that plane. Yeah. I take magnesium. I am yes, a I magnesium, know. like. Magnesium's I, amazing. So you take magnesium on a plane and it's enough to like make you sleepy? No. No, it's not. You need hard drugs. Well, yeah. Some people do, some people don't. I need them. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna realistically sleep on a flight, I need prescription strength drugs. So, yeah. Okay. I need so them. so what I would suggest is, and I brought them here for you. But yes, um, I have so many presents here. So so I really believe in like lavender oil. Ooh, I love lavender oil. I put it everywhere. Oh wow, do you have like a roll on or you just like bring the I don't even care. Yeah. But I mean, I will pour it That's on amazing. my wrist, you know, yeah, just so all the ac- behind your ears, yeah. on your temples. I stick it inside of my nose. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's really about what comforts you. And then mm-hmm. I also use a, a pillow potion. It's called from from Aurora, but it so all of those essential oils. All of the essential... Well, essential oils, what makes you comfortable? I have a lavender eye mask. I travel with a little tiny baby pillow that I hold. Um, and to your point about working out, I, they say that you should work out mm-hmm. when you get home. Yeah. I, I mean, sorry, I say home, but when you get to the location that you're at. Yeah. But also before the plane ride because it makes you tired. Oh, and that's it, smart. Releases endorphins and it relaxes your muscles. And then you take magnesium. And obviously this is more aerobic stuff. But then they also say that when you get to your location, you should put your feet up on a wall above your head so that the blood comes back down to the rest of your body. And even now, one of my favorite things that I've learned, which has nothing to do with sleep, but just with travel comfort in general, um, it is compression socks. Can you please explain these to me? I, what? I what? Don't, so, okay. This is a... I, I'm have, in love with them. I, I have several I questions now. I do it all the time. Like, I, have I even have questions. compression tights. Okay. So, what do you wear when you're traveling for these long flights, and what do compression socks do? Because I've heard of them... 
I don't really get what they do. And I also, I've been playing around with, like, the ultimate flight outfit. Okay. And if you go too comfortable, then you feel like a slob, and you just kind of feel like, like, I don't, I don't want to feel like, I'm not going to wear sweatpants. You like looking chic. I mean, I, I just don't want to, I don't want to feel like, oh my gosh, no one can see me because I look like complete and total shit right now. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, you already feel not I great traveling. I I, yeah, I guess I don't have that type of fear. But what I started doing about a, a year ago, because I was traveling so much, I mean, really every three to four to five days. Yeah. Uh, definitely not a full week ever in one location. Um, is arriving in one outfit, right? Mm-hmm. But then, especially when it's an overnight or a red-eye flight, mm-hmm. um, making a ritual and making it feel like home mm. by changing into a different outfit. On by the flight. You, on the plane or right before the plane. Got it. But okay. in the airport. Got it. And I am absolutely in love with Eve Lom's cleansing balm. Okay. It smells like chamomile and it just has this amazing calm. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 